Hey, everybody, welcome to the John D. Podcast. I'm your host, John D. Miller. How's it going, everybody? How are you? Welcome to episode number 43. That's right, episode number 43. Numero cuarenta trace in the old Espanol language. That's right. Mm-hmm. How you been? How's everybody? I know I said on Facebook and Twitter, if you happen to maybe follow me on there, which you should, John D. Podcast, uh, or Facebook. I know I said this was going to be out on the 5th, but because of some production and technical delays, it's not out until, well, whenever you're hearing this, but whenever it gets published, I don't know what the date's going to be. 7th. What's today? Oh, my God. What is it? Come on, phone. Oh, the 7th. All right. So today or tomorrow. And I'm recording during the day, which means you might hear some engine noise, such as the... <laughs> What's going on, everyone? How are you? I did it. I passed 500 days of no booze. No booze. No booze. That's right. I made it to 500. Well, I guess, what, 504 now. I first started trying to record this. It was 501, 502. Yeah, I made it to 500 days. Little proud of it. I got to say, I'm a little happy with myself. I know I just had 365 days not long ago, right? Okay, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Somebody pointed that out. They said, didn't you just pass a year and that was a big deal? Hey, 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 hey. Hey, this is not your struggles. All right. I don't criticize you for, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> Anyways, point being, it is kind of a milestone. Liz got me a new chair for it. I know I've been complaining about the chair, but uh, yeah, it's nice, nice, nice chair, man. I'm, I got it. It's, you know, I looked at some of the bells and whistles, and I was just like, I just need something better than what I had, and new, and that's what I got. And it's comfy. It's got accent stitching on it, like a sports car. Thank you to everybody who congratulated me, who said wonderful things, and said, "Hey, way to go!" I, <laughs> I've always saw it. It follows me on Facebook. But I, I did put something on there, and I don't know. I went back and read it later, and I was like, God, do I, I sound like like high and mighty or too enlightened maybe a little bit. But I wasn't trying to. So if anybody saw that, it's not what I meant. I just, you know, it's been a very much a process for me. And I think that is. I mean, with addiction and and being, you know, I'm not making light of any other addictions as in because I know how, I know how, I know how drugs, the drug trade, the dark the black market, I, I've seen enough of it in my life experiences. Just long story short. I mean, I'm not saying I did any crazy, crazy stuff, but you know, like heroin and opioids and stuff like that. I mean, th that addiction is crazy and it's, it's a terrible thing. And I'm not comparing it to being addicted to alcohol necessarily. I don't know because I haven't been there, but I will say this with alcohol being addicted to alcohol, it is literally at the corner. You can literally just drive down to the street and get some if you want. I mean, my wife still drinks. My lovely wife, Liz, she's, she drinks. And, and and people ask me all the time, you really are okay with that? I am. I feel more empowered knowing that I that the alcohol is there and I don't touch it. But I will tell you a story. I think I, I don't think I told this on the last episode. Did I? No, I didn't. I don't believe so. I think I was going to, but I didn't get a chance. So not long ago, Liz texted me, said, hey, I'll be home and, and, uh, and I'm leaving. Be home shortly. It was right around the corner. So I went. I was trying to be a nice husband. I went. I poured her some a glass of tea. And I poured her a shot of tequila. And uh, a little bit splashed up on my finger. Just like a drop. Right? <laughs> I sat there. And I was like, eh, fuck it. And was that the first time I said the F-bomb? Good for you, John. Okay. So 
But yeah, so a little splash upon my finger, a little drop, and I went to put it on my tongue, and I was like, at first, at first, it, it was, oh, yeah, I remember that taste. That's a, just a little, just a little tiny bit. And then the next thing it was, oh, my God, that burns. That was the, that was, that was what happened. Oh, 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 why would somebody do that? Why would somebody do that? Anyways, yeah, so I got, that's just been in the process, I guess. All right, enough about that. So how are yees, how are yous, and how are y'alls? I'm not going to talk and talk this episode, but you know, I always say that as well. Anyways, what's been going on since the last time I was here? We need to talk about the, the Roe v. Wade thing, because on the podcast here, I do address sometimes political, social issues, and this, is, of course, is one of them. So I'm just going to say this right now off the bat. I, I, as a man, my entire life have been raised that a woman has a right to choose what happens to her body and has autonomy over that. That's what I'm saying. And I think that the overturning of Roe v. Wade was appalling and that what has happened is a, a group of people with a minority opinion have stacked a major branch of the United States government to, to wield what they want to do. It also goes back to also another thing that's very important in this whole bit of decision making is the fact that the separation of church and state. OK, when you have people like Lauren Bobo Bobert, the wannabe Cobra Baroness. That literally says, she has literally given speeches lately where she says, I am tired of the separation of church and state. It is in the Constitution. If you can't take anything from that, as much as people want to parade around your amendments, then that's what's going on in the Supreme Court. That's what it is. Separation of church and state. You people want to sit there and you want to quote the Constitution. You want to quote the Constitution the way it was written and stick to that on a base, separation of church and state. All those justices lied in their in their hearings to be uh, appointed. They all lied. I'm not going to mess with precedented law. Mr. Boofter, right? Mr. Crybaby Kavanaugh, Coney Barrett. Here's what you need to do, people. This is the way it's going to be. Okay? Vote. Vote, 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 vote. We can have the Women's Health Protection Act that can that can pass. I believe that Roe v. Wade was precedented law and that these people injected their own moral and religious beliefs into what is law. At the federal level, it should be legalized. Then people go, well, with the states. I do believe in states' rights, but I think there's basic, you know, oh, Gorsuch. God dang it. That was the third justice that was appointed under Trump. Was that Gorsuch? Gorsuch? I think that was the right one. All right, let's move on. I have, of course, just been talking about Trump. What's the January 6th hearing? I, I think that it's what has happened lately has been interesting. I don't know who told Cassidy Hutchinson that she needed to use the term something to the effect of. <laughs> so, I just wonder what, what lawyer taught Cassidy Hutchinson to say something to the effect of every time she quotes somebody, she says, and he said something to the effect of, why don't you just quote the person? Well, I think that her, her testimony was pretty riveting. I think that it is causing other witnesses to come out, which I think is a great thing as well. I want you to try to find it. I was trying to find it last night. And like I said, I've been working on this episode for a couple of days and I was trying to find the video that I saw, one of the times I saw it was posted 
by a gentleman named Ron Filipowski Philip on Twitter. And it is a video of Trump in the limo after giving his speech at the Ellipse during the, the, the rally that they had there. And you can see a lot of movement going on inside that limo. Looks like somebody in the back seat's talking pretty heavy duty to somebody in the front seat and back and forth. And it, it sure does seem like there's a lot of movement. Now, somebody said that the video is not real. Somebody said that it's not from, one of the comments said that it's not from that particular day, which is completely untrue because at one point you can see uh, the Trumpsters to go walking by Guilfoyle. You can see Junior walk by. You can you can see all those people. So you know it's that day. You can you can just tell by the thing. So a lot of movement going on. Some people say the video is faked, faked, whatever, fake or faked. Uh. And of course, that's what some people would say, right? Of course, they're going to say that. They don't want the truth coming out. I I think it's interesting what's going on, and I hope it moves to something. So I just uh, something to the effect of I'm just going to use that and. Next to my wife asked me a question. I'm just kidding. Liz is like, honey, did you do that? Well, something to the effect of no. And then she'll do something to the effect of give me that look. <laughs> and I know playtime's over. I hope that what I'm trying to say came out correctly. Trying to squeeze a lot of stuff into a very small space, which is, you know, a, a podcast that is only maybe an hour because I don't think I should be talking to myself or you people that long. It's a very small space. So just trying to make that kind of flow and everything and everything I'm trying to put into it. I haven't even addressed the, you know, everything that happened with 4th of July. I hope you guys had a had a great 4th. I really do. Hope you ladies and gentlemen had a great 4th. The whole thing in Highland Highland Park was just it's heartbreaking. That's another thing. I mean, we it just this country, I don't understand it. I don't understand it, how we are so livid and, and protective of some things and so dismissive and and downplaying and sheening over the rights and the, the happiness of a lot of people and the lives of a lot of Americans. It, I just don't. I don't get it. I really don't get it. You know, the, the Declaration of Independence states, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. All men, no, all people are created equal. And if if that can change, then I, I think maybe some other stuff should change too. I sound like, uh, I sound like Raggy. Yeah, Raggy foot. He's like, hey, if I can change, and maybe you guys can change, then we all change together. Right? That would be good. Uh, yeah. I've always joked in my life about like what would Rocky be working other places? Like if he was working at like a um like a subway place, right? Like, yeah, can I get extra meat on that? Uh, yeah, yeah, you yeah, extra meat. You want mail? Uh, I bought lettuce. You want lettuce? You put the lettuce on here and the dressing and yeah. Onions. You want onions? And you get your own church of bread. You want a different church of bread or something? Uh, white bread, Parmesan oregano. <laughs> it's a dramatization. Anyways, feel free to express your opinion to me on anything I ever say on this show. The John D Podcast at gmail.com. You can hit me up on Twitter 
uh, John D Podcast. Follow me on there if you want a good laugh. Look at how many followers I have right now. I lost a bunch from some stuff I said over the course of episodes, but so that is a couple ways to find me. I do get correspondences from people sometimes. I actually got a really cool email that I want to. Uh, let me. I got to pull it up here. Hold on a second. I need to hold on. Let me click on this thing. Hey, you want a combo meal? You want a no, yeah? You combo? You drinking chips? Drinking his chips, right? Chips you drink? Uh uh-huh. All right, here it is. <laughs> All right, here we go. Yeah. So, and just a word of advice on that voice, guys. If if you guys can do that out there, anybody, when you're significant other, don't just when they give you a look, stop. <laughs> you'll know it. You just uh, yeah, you do, and then you'll get a look. Just pause. All right, cool. Got an email. So this email comes from Sydney, and the subject of the email says, fact check. (laughs) Uh, Nothing wrong with that. It says, hey, John D., glad to see the pod is back. My husband and I are listeners. Awesome, thank you. I am an art teacher, so I have to correct a small fact from your last episode. You said that (laughs) T-rump. I do that all the time. Was turning red by being orange, and that made him purple. Yeah, okay, I did say that. And when, in fact, red and blue make purple. And, I, yeah, so I did. I, I, and somebody else had said that to me, Sydney. Somebody else had said, no, that's wrong. And then you, But then you pointed out something that I did not look up. That's pretty interesting. You say orange and red make a color called vermilion. It is a pretty color. And I looked it up, and it's, it's a pretty color. So we'll just call it red-orange, but... And actually, my daughter's room is painted a hue of vermilion. Hue. Huh. Okay. Like a shade thereof. I appreciate that. And then she says, just wanted to share again. Glad you were back. And go Yotes. So you're obviously a Coyotes fan. Nobody's perfect. You know what? I cannot believe that that team. I don't want to necessarily talk about hockey yet. I just read that. I do have some coming up. But obviously, I cannot believe the Coyotes are going to play. And what a fifty six hundred seat arena for the next two years and playing it. It's weird. It's gonna be weird. But eh, what are you gonna do? All right. So thank you, City. Yeah, so it's Vermilion is the name of the color, which does. It sounds like a conglomerate for a Ponzi scheme or Bitcoin. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. One of our new friends over at Mondomonsterware.com, Jordan, pointed out a little mistake I made in my hockey talk from Last episode, I'm going to wrap up my thoughts on the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. And is there a pill that could make it so I can drink again? More John D. Podcast right after this. If you are looking for one of the coolest, geekiest, funnest t-shirt sites you could ever want to shop, go to MondoMonsterWear.com. They take what you love about fun stuff and entertainment fandom like Star Wars, Seinfeld, Airplane, Clerks, Superheroes, and more, and make stellar parodies of them so you can express yourself while wearing some of the most popular entertainment characters or franchises in history. Plus, a portion of all their profits goes to different charities such as Ukraine Relief Fund and the Boomer Esiason Foundation. Enter promo code PODCAST at checkout to receive an exclusive discount. Take your epic night out t-shirt game to the next level and visit MondoMonsterWear.com.
And welcome back to episode 43 of the John D. Podcast. I'm your host, John D. Miller. How was your break, everybody? How was it, huh? Was it all right? This was actually a normal break for me. Well, a little bit longer than yours was. Yours was just, what, a minute or something like that? Mine was about an hour. Uh, something like that. So, anyways, MondoMonsterWear.com. Thanks so much for being a promotional partner on the show again on the podcast here uh, this evening, today, whatever whatever time I'm recording or you're hearing. Uh, thanks very much. I appreciate that. Great website. Seriously, guys, check it out. I have several of their shirts that I I have my eyes on. I know I said that a couple of weeks ago, but uh, you know what? It's it's I'm gonna re- I gotta reward myself as things come. And that includes when and where I get to buy ultra cool geeky t-shirts. MondoMonsterWear.com. Make sure you enter podcast at checkout to get a discount on that. Wait, when I buy my shirts, do I get to do I get the discount too? I can put I think I do. All right. And also don't forget you can support me here on the on the podcast if you go to podinbox.com forward slash John D podcast. J O j-o-n-d podcast podinbox.com and you can throw me a few bucks on that it's all set up i have other ways too you can email me hit me up any other way i can i can let you know i can know how you can throw me some boonies uh (laughs) i don't know what that means maybe i took too long a break all right moving on so i had mentioned in the before the break about how jordan our new one of our new friends over there at mondo monster wear had pointed out that I did make a mistake. All right, here we go into the hockey. Okay, so so I had mentioned how the New York Rangers have a really great young goaltender that I think is going to has a very bright future. And I, okay, so his name is Igor Shesterkin was what I was trying to say. What I said was Gorgiev, but it's so I got I just got confused and I didn't catch it, which I thought was funny. I listened to the episode twice fully through. Before I ever put it on, I published it and dropped it. Whatever you want to call it. Igor Sisterkin Gorgiev. If I knew what I was trying to say, I just said the backup Gorgiev instead of Sisterkin. Sisterkin. He sounds like a something like a Japanese anime character or something. <laughs> that kid's a beast, though, man. I'm telling you, he's, he's going to be on par with, with a Marc-Andre Fleury, in my opinion. But anyway, well, so good for you, Rangers. But uh, you're not quite there yet. Getting there. You're getting there. You're getting there. I do want to talk about, though, congratulations to the Colorado Avalanche on them winning their third cup in team history. thought that was pretty great. What was some of my predictions? Oh, I said that the Avs were going to need Burakovsky, former capital Burakovsky. They actually did not because they had broken foot Nikushkin in there. Played away, which everybody played a great, played a great playoff. I mean, they all, they gave, McKinnon is a beast. And I was a little skeptical. I don't know. I was a little skeptical. And I was a little skeptical after Lightning Force game six. Perhaps they were going to come back. And (laughs) you never know. That team is just too good to let them, to just let them back into series. I mean, the Rangers did it partly because they were exhausted in the Eastern Conference Finals. But, you know, they 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 played played pretty good. Colorado, solid. I mean, they had some crazy series. All the high scoring games with the with the Oilers and the and the Flames was absolutely nuts. It was a good Stanley Cup 
and a good run for the Lightning. I know that I said last episode I talked about how the you know the, the bubble cups and the you know half a season not being the same as doing a straight three full season Stanley Cup run, which I do equate to being a four in this day and age of what the Islanders and the Oilers did back in the seventies and eighties, respectively. But I, you know, I, I think it's something to be proud of. I, I think because anybody could have won the cup during the bubble. Anybody could have won it during the half season. It was open, fair game to anybody. And they deserve credit for that. And now they're starting to feel it. They're going to start feeling it now for being such a great team. Uh, Kucherov won his hit there last year and, you know, drunk, drunkenly talk about salary caps and everything else. But it's kind of starting to come back as the Lightning have already traded away defenseman Ryan McDonough. Have already traded him away to Nashville, which I bring that up partly just because it was, a, I mean, it was a salary dump. That was why they did it. I just thought it was funny because one of the guys that came back in the trade to the Lightning from uh, the Predators, his last name is Mismash. Mismash. I'm going to make it fun of dude. I kind of root for the guy. Yeah, he's going to mismash your face if you touch the goalie again. I don't even know what position that guy is, but I just like his last name. And then finally, uh, NHL talk. Let's talk about this. Want to say a big congratulations. You'll never hear this, but a big congratulations in my mind and in my thoughts. Go out to Mike Greer on being named the first black general manager in NHL history for the San Jose Shark. He played for the My Capitals back at, what, 2002, 2004, 2002, 2004. And he's, he's all-around good player, all-around good guy. And, you know, I followed his career even after he left, went to, went to, went to Buffalo. Yeah, he left, went to Buffalo. They went to the Eastern Conference Finals of six. Boston University. He was a bench warmer. There was an article that actually came out today about it, about him and everything and how he's got this position now with the San Jose Sharks' first black general manager in NHL history. I think that's fantastic. That's a really, really cool thing. If you do a little reading about it, even if you don't necessarily even like hockey, but are interested maybe in the story, then people keep saying how, you know, what a great guy he is and, you know, how much he deserves and this and how much he's worked for it. It's a great story. Congratulations, Mike Greer. That is, uh, that is groundbreaking and it is precedent setting as far as what minorities can do in hockey. Hockey is for everyone. So congratulations to Mr. Greer. And of course, it is great that he gets to do this with the team that he spent the last few years of his career with the San Jose Sharks. So fantastic, which the NHL draft was tonight. I haven't even had really much of a chance to do it, to check in with it. I, I know that Debrinket got traded from the Blackhawks to the Senators. The, what else was the other trade? Mrazek went from the Leafs to the Blackhawks. And I know that, well, it's contracts. Latang got signed by the, Penguins, like thirty six million, and then I, th- uh, and then Mark Andre Fleury, resigned with the Wild for two more years. So there's other stuff in there. One of the trades looked weird. Time to move on, though, right? Right. And that being said, on to Obi Wan Kenobi. 
All right, spoiler alerts here. I know last episode I only talked about up until episode four. I hadn't seen five and six, right? I think that's what it was. No, five had was out, had not seen it, uh, and then six ha- has not had not come out yet. No, five was out, had not seen it. Six, of course, hadn't been released yet. So that, yeah, so that's what that was. But I will be talking about all that. So did you like the series, folks? Did you like it? I thoroughly enjoyed it, actually. I know, I know. I, I tend to be a, maybe a little more liberal than some people with my Star Wars satisfaction. I do get upset with it sometimes when it's not up to par, but I thought it was pretty good. I thought that, you know, one of the things, let's address that, I talked about in the last episode, and even executive producer Tom Edcuff, that's his voicemail when you call him, brought up a good point where I, I had talked about Moses Ingram in the last episode about saying, hey, if you don't like her acting, that's one thing, but don't don't say anything racist about her because that's not the way Star Wars works. And and then I turned around, I did say, hey, if you don't like her acting. And even even Tom, a couple of people were, you know, they said, you know, they brought up a good point. Tom's the strongest. Where, you know, the writing in Star Wars isn't always that great. So for, you know, maybe some of the lines and the directors and the what they're doing with her. Tom said one thing, and, and somebody else said the same thing. They said, what is a scene that you could use in his example? Use, you know. And I said the scene, when I was talking to Tom, I was telling him the one where she is talking, she's in a, she's in the lair, the Sith lair, the tower, and she's in the room. I said Sith. I meant Inquisitor. It's like the Inquisitor conference room in their tower there. And she's standing the fifth brother goes one, you know, one day you're going to get, he says something to the effect of <laughs> one day you're going to get what you deserve. And she's standing there and when she's kind of looking at the floor, she's like, I hope so. I hope so. It just didn't set. Now I agree. Some of the writing hasn't always been great in star Wars itself. We all remember the infamous Darth Vader rising off of the, the medical table and, and, Hearing what happened after hearing what happened to Padme and going, no, it's one of the worst no's I think in in movie history as far as delivery and, and believability. But and maybe some of the directing, I've been very impressed with all the directors that that have been in any of the Star Wars series since Disney took them over. I, I do think a couple of the Book of Boba Fett ones were a little kind of, eh, but. Other than that, I think the direction has been great. So, and you know what? With Moses Ingram, this is what I'm going to say. And I told Tom this because I had seen the whole series after he and I talked last weekend. I got to say, she really pulled it off in episodes five and six, especially in six. And this is where I, I spoil alert. But the end, the end of the scene where she has gone after Luke, tried to kill him, did not, and then ended up not killing him. Could have, but didn't, and kind of redeems herself and comes back. And that scene where she's sitting in the sand and talking to to Obi-Wan and the crying and the way she man, that was powerful. That was a really good scene. That made me a little made me a little choked up because of knowing the whole story and what the younglings and her whole story. I'm interested to see. I'm really wondering if she's gonna show up in the Andor series, which is the next one up on Disney Plus that they're they're spoon feeding us. Why can't they have two series running at the same time? I don't understand. 
or a movie out at the same time. I know there's no movies, but there will be eventually. Are they going to, no series? No, come on. It's like they're just taking us down. It's like we're on a ride. Like we're on and we can only, remember the old video games like on, what was it? Star Fox or whatever it was on the, the old Super Nintendo. Do you remember that? That game was revolutionary, but it was like it was on rails. You could only go but so far. It's like that's what Disney has is doing to the average Star Wars fan. Star Wars fan. Or all Star Wars fans. That's what Disney is doing to Star Wars fans. I mean, they're just kind of leading us through a path that they've... You can vary off a little bit, but not really. You kind of have to just follow what their, what their lead is. So I'm interested to see if Moses Ingram's character uh, is going to pop up. The third sister. I wonder if she's going to pop up in Andor. I think she might. I think she might. People including Tom Hagoff. Tom Hagoff. That's his voicemail. When you call him. Both said, oh, you're going to defend Hayden Christensen. I have never said Hayden Christensen was a great actor. I never have. Okay. And I just thought it was cool he was in the series. I mean, what else has Hayden Christensen done? He's never done anything else. Except play Anakin's. He's done other stuff. But what can you think of right offhand? As I'm talking to you right now, what else can you think of that he has done? So, I just thought it was cool to have him on air. So, Moses Ingram, you really, third sister, I thought, came around. I thought it was an interesting plot twist with how with who she truly was and how it all worked out. You know, some people are saying that the series didn't really do anything. It didn't really show much. I think it did. I think what it shows, if you watch it, I mean, Obi-Wan Kenobi has become a feeble, older man that is cutting meat. It's some sort of a weird sushi joint. You know, he's been doing that and he's just, he's fallen away from the force and everything else. And you can see how he gets his strength back. And like I said before, nobody knew that was going to be so much with the young Princess Leia involved and everything else. And I thought overall it's pretty good. And what you get to see is, of course, remember in the end, Revenge of the Sith, where Yoda tells Obi-Wan he's, he'll be able to talk to Qui-Gon Jinn. He'll be able to commune with him. And you see it in the series where Obi-Wan is trying to talk to Qui-Gon. And at the end, he sees him. And then they're going to go off and, and everything. Which, you know, I would kind of, if I was Obi-Wan, be fussing at Qui-Gon. Like, hey, you know this kid that you found ended up being a horrible monster, and I might have a little something to talk to you about with that, huh? So, <laughs> all right. So, overall, well, I hope I covered everything with that. Oh, I got off track for a second. Deborah Chow is is the director for Obi-Wan, and she directed some of the episodes in Mandalorian, which have all been great. And then Bryce Dallas Howard was another one who I was talking about, just directors in general, who did one of the best episodes of book of boba fett i mean it should have been a, an episode of mandalorian uh, the one where he gets the naboo uh starfighter that it's a, awesome and you would probably recognize bryce dallas howard from her appearances in of course jurassic world movies and of course her father is ron howard who amongst other directing credits to his name did the under acclaimed solo movie so Wait, uh, yeah, but way to represent ladies, Deborah Chow, Bryce Dallas Howard. Um, yeah, and I hope I explain myself how I feel now about everything. But I, I enjoyed Obi Wan Kenobi. All right, moving on to the next one. On to the next one. Am I gonna do the this next part or not? I guess I have time for it. 
It's just something I saw that I thought was funny. My wife, my lovely wife, Liz, took our son to the pool, and they're going to be back here shortly. But I need to get this thing done, man. I've been working on this way too long. So here's what I saw the other day, and then we're going to be, we'll wrap this up, okay? Hope you had a good time. Like, subscribe, download, tell your friends. John D. Comedy. John, excuse me. John D. Comedy or John D. Podcast on Twitter, okay? I saw something recently where I, <laughs> I saw it last week, and it was an article talking about how in England they have approved, they have approved a pill that reduces hangovers and alcohol intake. This is crazy. So this is from an article that I read. It's from Euronews.com. Okay, so it says that there's a new anti-hangover supplement. It's made by a Swedish company named Merkel, and it's gone on sale in the UK, which it was approved by the British Medical Association, which I don't know if you heard the recent news. Like, as of today, Boris Johnson, their prime minister, has, has resigned, along with, what, 40 of his cabinet members? I'm not sure much I trust their government as far as the overseers. I'm just saying. So what it is, it means that a person can drink 50 milliliters, <laughs> metric, of 40% spirits. That's normal liquor, and which contains 20 milliliters of pure alcohol. And what it'll do is it makes it so that as little as 6 milliliters of alcohol will enter the bloodstream. Well, that's not getting you the desired effects, is it? So it's equivalent to if a person was only drinking 15 milliliters of spirits. Well, why would I want to do that? I want something where I can get the effects and not, you know, I want to, but it says the way it works, it says the pill fights the onset of a hangover by activating bacteria, bacillus subtilis. <laughs> Sounds like a wrestler or a super Mario character, bacillus coagulans. It's an amino acid, or no, and an amino acid, and the vitamin B12, B12, always in there, breaks down the alcohol into water and carbon dioxide before it reaches the liver. Well, where was this stuff when I have a regular boozer? I'd have spent a ton of money. How much are these things? It says the supplement is currently available online and costs around 30 pounds, around 35 euros uh, for 30 pills, so that... I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's too much, man. I've been blowing through those things like candy. One is designed to be taken 12 hours before drinking and the other taken an hour before the drinking begins. Oh, wow. You got to like pre-prep. Like you're getting a colonoscopy. <laughs> but yeah, no, I got to, I got to take these pills. I'm going to, I'm drinking tomorrow with Bob. That's crazy. As it says, is it, is it too good to be true? I'm wondering. So it brings hopes of finally putting an end to weekends, right? Ruined by the, the usual nausea and the headache and regrets. I would be a little skeptical. They quote uh, one person here, and she says, When we think about hangovers, it's easy to think they're simply from being too, high, too dehydrated. It's dehydration, a headache, a balance, or imbalance of electrolytes, stomach, and small intestine irritations. Yeah, I guess. I was just waking up shaking every day. <laughs> that's why I was like, I don't, I need to stop. It also has a lot of ethical questions with this, which, you know, say for instance, somebody was in a situation where they just need to quit drinking and they thought, well, no, I'll just do this. But the thing is, if you are addicted to alcohol, you need that alcohol level up. So maybe it wouldn't, but it does, it does pose the question. Somebody said, well, is this going to cause an increase in binge drinking? 
or as I used to call it, you know, every other night, <laughs> and alcoholism. And it's, uh, what's this one guy they say? He says, nobody likes the feeling of being hungover, but it's your body's reaction to consuming more, uh, more alcohol than it can handle. What, do you mean like what, getting sicky? I never, I was not a, I was not a puker. I have to admit, uh, he does say that alcoholism could become more widespread as the body will start to adapt to drinking in larger volumes. Well, I did that and I didn't have any pills. So, and then the article ends. It says the issue of alcoholism, hangovers, and the attempt to cure them is complex and multifaceted. And of course, it's going to continue, you know, because people are going to wonder how they can go out and get royally ripped and then be able to, to function at the meeting at 9 a.m., right? Yeah, I don't think that's going to be a, even in my drinking days, I don't think that would have been something for me to go for, right? All right. Well, I just thought that was a funny little thing to add on to the end there. Yeah. So no, no pills and the expensive too. I'm not going to do, those are a lot because then you still, you got to pay for the pills and then you still got to pay for the booze that you're not even getting the full effect from. All right, guys, I hope you've had a good time. I ho- I, I have. I know this took a while and all the craziness. I know I usually do charities and everything at the end, and I, I still will. I want you to make, you know, Wounded Warrior Project. I left out bestfriends.org, which is a great animal charity that wants to make all shelters in the United States no kill by the year 2025. No Kid Hungry, Feeding America. Also, you know what? The little boy whose parents were shot and killed at the Highland Park parade. If you can find his verified Kickstarter, give it to him comes down to charity or me give it to the charity but if you don't if you want to have a little chair of me you can go to podinbox.com forward slash john d podcast or you can just hit me up djohndpodcast at gmail.com you can throw me some funds if you want help support my efforts on the podcast and other ones that i'm doing as well i want to thank mondo monsterware for being my promotional partner on the show again today that was awesome to have him back mondomonsterware.com podcast at checkout to get an exclusive discount very cool just check it out it, i'm telling you, you you folks are gonna are gonna like at least one of the shirts on there okay executive producers on the show today have been liz miller and tom handcuff this show was recorded and produced in the lizard mill creation studio by yours truly john d miller thanks to everybody i think i covered everything all my bases this has been episode 43, numero 43 of the John D. Podcast. And in the words of executive producer, Tom Hancock, that's his voicemail when you call him, later for you. <laughs>